Hello, sir. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's uh, starting to get darker and colder here now. I spent the, the first couple of days this week biking around more than I normally would during the workday just because it was like three days of 70 degrees. And then this this Saturday, there's a snowflake in the forecast. Wow. Thank you, Thank you Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. New England does the same thing. Like It's yeah. known for its incredibly variable weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. So there's a guest on the line today. There is. There is. Doing a slight break in the normal AOP style. Amir Salish Effendich is here, who is the founder and I believe CEO of Doist. Welcome, Amir. Yeah. Thank you for having me here. I'm quite excited to, to just chat around and see what this brings. Yeah, me too. We don't have a lot of guests on the show. But I, I said yes to this because I am actually a user of one of your products. So at Tuple, we started using Twist about four months ago, I would say, uh, and have since like fully switched off Slack. I remember when I signed up, I was very impressed with the onboarding and, and liked the product. And so I thought it would be cool to get you on here and, and just be like, hey, first of all, nice job on the, on the app. Well, thank you, Ben. You know, it's kind of like if you can get off Slack, it's kind of getting off like heroin. So, you know, <laughs> you it should was... have like a badge, you know, like a four month uh, badge, like slack clean. <laughs> I like that. And if I, if I make it a whole year, I'll get a coin. <laughs> Amir, we were talking before the show and I told you that we usually start off with kind of updates of what's going on in our, our businesses. And I'd love to try to, to maintain that, actually. Uh, we might ask you some more questions towards the end, but I think we'll just start off with our normal updates. And I can actually just go first. Derek, last time we talked... I was in kind of like a coming out of kind of a, a dark place. You were like one of the first outside people that I had talked to. After like having like a bunch of really predictable, good growth, we had a couple weeks and almost like a month where things had slowed down. It weren't quite negative, but we're getting there or we're like slightly negative over a certain period of time. And I talked to you that day and you were kind of like, yeah, man, I'm actually kind of excited for you. This is like, you know, a chance to sort of earn your stripes in a way. Like you, you got to a certain revenue level and you're, you're going to try to break past that and figure it out. To some extent, you kind of talked me off the ledge a little bit. You helped me kind of realize like, hey, things are good. And then like, you'll figure this out. And so first of all, like, thanks for that. I appreciate that. Oh, of course. Yeah. Glad I could, glad I could help. Definitely. So it's once again, Art of Product is acting as a founder therapy. A <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that's, I think that's what it's best at, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> totally. We just happen to record it and people listen. Yeah. Yep. And then I talked to um, little known uh, entrepreneur Rob Walling after that. And he kind of continued the trend where i was like okay i talked to derek he like mostly got me off the ledge and then rob was like all right well let's look at let's talk about some like tactics and like what are you thinking about maybe doing and some strategic things and um after that call i was pretty much back to a good place it's crazy what a psychological roller coaster building things is and like it's hard to maintain perspective where like a bunch of people basically said the same thing to me which was like okay a couple weeks is not a trend don't worry about it too much this is going to happen every four to six months anyway uh, like you're going to hit plateaus and have to break through them. Don't freak out too much. Amir, you're, you're nodding your head like you have possibly experienced this once or twice. I think you kind of need to live with it and like learn to kind of live with it. There's actually a great book on this. It's called Fooled by Randomness by Nassim Taleb. For anybody that kind of works with like random data, which is basically, you know, what we do when we do like these products and like growth stuff, it's basically like random stuff, like, you know, reading that book really helped me like get the mindset right. Yeah, so, so I was sort of coming back up out of that dark-ish time. 
but like things have really been great this week. So like all three of us at Tuple have been like working pretty hard and shipping a lot of things. Uh, we have like a really nice release that's going to come out. Actually, we deployed today and I'll be announcing tomorrow with some some cool new stuff. It's like cool new things in it. Also, the numbers have started moving in the right direction. There's positive momentum in the effort and also even some of the <laughs> the randomness is in my favor again. So I'm happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm over extrapolating from bogus data, uh, but in the right in a different direction. So yeah, so basically, uh, much better mood than last time is the is the summary of all that. That's cool. Do you feel like you have a sense for like in talking to Rob and just maybe thinking about strategy? Do you feel like you have kind of a little a path forward for for what to do to break past the plateau or or how you, where are you at on that? It may actually not be a plateau like that may have just been like a random lull. And so I'm not sure it's so much breaking past, but that doesn't mean I don't want to do marketing efforts. There are a handful of things we sort of I sort of ran by him that he thought sounded pretty good. I got some good feedback also from uh, Tyler Tringus, who was saying, it seems like you have a app that is fairly niched. And so you can be talking to people directly. Like you could you could go kind of like outbound sales, make a list of people who this would be a good candidate for or who would be good candidates and like potentially drive that way. Like you can do the broad marketing efforts, but you could also kind of go after it more directly. That really resonated quite a bit, actually. I kept thinking back to Nathan Barry's like uh, microconf talk and like the way ConvertKit really took off when he started like targeting people with sales. Would you look for people who are kind of like influencers so that you could get more, like there's more to be gained from getting some of those customers on than just another another unit of revenue, but it's like people who can kind of talk publicly about the product and stuff? Do you think that's, that's interesting? I, I hadn't yeah. thought about that angle, but that, I mean, why not? If you can find someone that's the perfect, all right. those things together, that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've been thinking about something similar where like, as part of the tiny seed cohort, we uh, we kind of meet regularly with with Einar, and he kind of walks through the metrics of your business each month. I think he prods everyone to like kind of set a revenue goal or like a growth goal for the next uh, for the next month. I've been thinking about like how does this apply to my current situation where I'm I'm very early, I have a little bit of revenue, but not like not kind of repeatable processes for getting new customers yet. And so I'm, I'm concerned about like focusing too much on a revenue goal right now and going out and doing scrappy things to get new customers when maybe I should be focusing more on like trying to build scalable processes or like figure out what are kind of the flywheels that I can be working on. And maybe that won't produce a short-term result or short-term bump in revenue, but like for the long term, it's stuff I need to get set in place. So it's like, thinking about it in terms of like, do I do I try to get to some number that I set in the next couple of weeks? Or do I worry less about the short term and try to stay long term focused? Well, I have a easy answer. Yeah, like only long term focus. Actually, something that's like very, I think, fascinating about us, like, we never actually had a single like revenue milestone, or like something we tried to hit. I think it's kind of like a very different mindset and maybe like you need to figure out like, you know, what kind of personality and culture do you want to build? Hmm. Uh, because if you kind of become maybe too uh, numbers driven and you have like these uh, numbers everywhere, um, I think it kind of appeals to a, a certain set of people. And then you have like a certain set of other people where it does not really appeal uh, to them. So for, for us, and especially me, like I hate to be like numbers driven. That's maybe like contrarian to what you would actually hear uh, from others. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that feels like a difficult balancing act in the very early days. 
Like if you've hit a point where you have a mostly sustainable revenue level, you could say, okay, we're going to focus long term all the time. But like to like you, you definitely don't want to have revenue be at a similar point two months, three months, five months from now. Like so, it might be that like the sort of shorter term directly going after things might be worth that that effort now. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's probably it's probably like most things where it it depends, right? It kind of depends on like what do you feel like the business needs right now for sustainability? What do you personally need? You know, like if if getting more revenue in the short term is is really important for the long-term survival of the company or for your own mental state, you know, then perhaps it's like um, you know, maybe that's what you need the most at the time and then I don't know, maybe there's other times where where it makes sense to to kind of try not to think too too closely about short-term numbers. So I'll probably hold off on, on more specific updates until next week, until we've actually launched things. I'm trying to not talk about <laughs> things until we actually finish them. Yeah. Because I've been burned before. Uh, or I've burned myself before, I should say. Uh, but Derek, uh, what's going on in uh, your world? I kind of have been in a... Um, product hole this week <laughs> trying to trying to make rapid progress on kind of the cool new angle that I alluded to last time still not talking details about it just yet getting kind of deep into um, JavaScript tooling and node tooling and how to package libraries properly and how to like transpile your stuff so that you're being a, a good library author and and exposing your code properly and bundling it and man it's a it's a tricky world out there <laughs> uh that's weird that's weird all i've heard about that is that it's great and there's no problems <laughs> and everyone loves it yeah and it's funny even just getting back into javascript after like i definitely wrote a lot of javascript at drip but we were kind of frozen in a little bit older tech stack like we came up through i think when we started it was like jQuery was still just the most popular, you know, library for helping you author and organize your JavaScript code. And then there was like the CoffeeScript years and and I was just like in the backbone years. And then people were kind of moved to Angular. Like there's been so much churn that happened during the time that I was like doing a lot of JavaScript stuff. And uh, even just like in a, the last couple of years, like now we have the newer JavaScript syntaxes for like for functions and async and await functions and all kinds of stuff that like that is seems relatively new and uh, just a lot to kind of wrap your mind around. So, but I do feel like I'm making good progress on the feature. So still like feeling positive about momentum. But yeah, I uh, even today I was kind of just in another world for a few hours, just just deep on stuff. So you should make Adam Wathen help you. No, oh, yeah, maybe I should uh, should have paired with him. <laughs> should have do a tuple call with him. Yeah. He can invite you. Yeah. So um, how about you, Amir? What's been going on this week for you? We are kind of like releasing a new Todoist in a few weeks. We are at the second beta uh, stage and things are looking pretty good. Yeah, so we're quite excited for that. What's new about it? Some will say this is nothing like really new. We have added a few features, but actually we have just kind of like cleaned up a lot of like the depth that we had so there was like a lot of uh, you know abstraction depth uh, with the code base and the models across all platforms so we kind of like just cleaned stuff up and like improved it improved the design a bit polished stuff up uh, improved some workflows and actually people are really really excited about this uh, which is great because a lot of times like you know people want to see new like fancy features 
but our users, you know, they just want to see like that we all break the stuff they already have and then that we just improve it. Yeah. The thing for us, it's kind of like, you know, the stage that we had like multi product and uh, we have like some very big ambitions also for Twist. And we even have like some more stuff for today's that we want to do, like much bigger changes. Uh, and we, uh, like, I feel like we don't really have the capacity to kind of like, do both things at, at once and then i mean our like engineering uh, team has presented like 30 projects they want to do to improve like the code bases further so we just have like competing like uh, uh agendas of different people that want to like push different stuff and yeah so that's kind of very hard but i think also very exciting yeah so that that's about it yeah so what do your days look like then? Because your team is much large, is like, you know, is large. So are you doing a lot of management and strategic things? Yeah, I actually like I coded daily. Maybe I stopped like six months ago. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. So I have only, you know, like recently stopped doing that. And I still actually do that like sometimes just for fun. So but right now. I actually spend a lot of my time like thinking, writing, reading, like having some uh, meetings and then coding a bit. Yeah, I have a lot of time now. Uh, Did you feel like you were kind of hurting the company by not focusing on that stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, I did like a 360 review of myself uh, with like uh, 10 other people from the company. And, you know, they were just like uh, a lot of comments about I just, just, you know, stop doing development, like (laughs) focus on the CEO stuff like uh yeah that sounds like incredibly useful feedback to get like to actually ask all the people around you what do i need to do differently that sounds like it must have been probably hard but really really powerfully good for you yeah honestly like if you haven't done like a 360 review i can definitely recommend doing that uh like even maybe like uh the people you have worked with or collaborated with in the past it can really be good because a lot of times like you don't really you don't really know what your strengths are and you don't really know what your weaknesses are and like most of all like a lot of the stuff that was in my review like uh, like i i had a clue but like i didn't know the details um one of my favorite things in life is when someone gives me feedback that i that surprises me like they tell me something about me that i did not know and then i'm like kind of shocked by but that but also like resonates as true like that, that, that I think is just like gold. And I, I, I love having that happen. It sounds like a good way to generate that. Could you give us an example of like uh, some feedback you have received this way? You know, I can't remember the specific thing. I remember I had this in like a dating context recently where I was like dating someone who was a therapist. And so she was like very knowledgeable about people and, and, and sort of like figured something out about my psyche that I like was surprised by. But I, I wish I could remember what it, exactly what it was. I just know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I lost the insight. <laughs> uh, no. I think I like the experience even more than the insight. Just like that <laughs> feeling of like, oh man, wow, you got me. Yeah, I'm curious, Amir. I'm assuming that Todoist, just because by nature of it being around a long time, is probably bringing in more revenue than Twist. Potentially, you could say like you can only justify so much time allocated to Twist versus Todoist. How do you guys think about like allocating time and and resources between your products? Yeah, honestly, like we haven't really given Twist as much attention as um, as we should. But it's also very hard because, you know, like most of our revenue still are from Todoist. 
Uh, and like if we, you know, grow like to this 5%, it's like a huge amount of money that, that generates. If we go, you know, like grow to this 50%, like in the big, bigger picture, it doesn't really mean uh, much for us. But of course, like long term, you know, like if you look at the long term, then investing in twist is also a very, very good idea. But yeah, I mean, this is something that's like incredibly hard to do. It's like this balance act between like multi uh, like product companies. Uh, and especially, you know, like you have like uh, even more like people pushing their agendas and stuff. So it kind of also becomes like political. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, Game of Thrones with products. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Does, does the extra complexity of having another product ever make you just kind of wish you hadn't launched it? If we had to launch this again, I would like think even harder than I did the first time around. Like multi-product is like much, much harder to do. And even actually like launching a new product in like the current uh, time and age it's fucking hard. Like, yeah, I have not thought like it would be this difficult. Uh, I mean, maybe that's not very encouraging for people that want to start. But like, yeah, you need to know what you're signing up for. Like, it's not uh, going to be like a, a joyride. Uh, yeah. I've seen this hazard before kind of in, in personal experience of like, just kind of the, the difficulty that I think a team that has a a product that is by all measures successful, you, you, I think you get to a certain point where things kind of feel easy and like, you know, this is SaaS or this is like, there's, there's a lot of recurring revenue coming through. So like, you know, even if we're making marginal improvements, like it still feels like we're trending in the right direction. And then when you see this team, like kind of shift their focus to something that's brand new and dealing with kind of like the problems that you, that you have in the, in the early phase, um, I think it's, they're almost different you know, completely different disciplines, I guess, like, like figuring out how to do the scrappy things you need to do in the early phase of a product versus the, the kind of things to incrementally grow a product. Do you guys have like the same team, like, for example, the same marketing team, do they spend part of their time doing stuff for Todoist and part of the time for Twist? Or have you kind of segregated teams within your company? Uh, in the beginning, we actually had like a small team that only did Twist. It was like about six people. And they actually did the early version. And then we integrated the inside of the company later on. And that actually produced a lot of issues. And we are still kind of like dealing a bit with them. Um, yeah. Uh, but the whole notion of how you actually split the company up uh, as you grow. And like, uh, I mean, it's a whole like, you know, you can read like books about this and like, they recommend different stuff. And you're just like, fuck, like, who should I actually listen to? Yeah, uh, <laughs> so that is something that we have really struggled with. Uh, uh, and even right now, like we are struggling, like for instance, like how do you do like mobile? Do you just have like one like iOS team that does like both products? Do you have like uh, a Twist and Todoist iOS teams? And uh, right now we're actually combining all the teams together because what we found out, like if you don't do that, then you have like two different code bases with two different styles. Uh, and like it's just like a cowboy show and you don't really want that <laughs> yeah definitely sounds tricky yeah amir i'm looking at your pricing for todoist right now i'm curious like fairly low-ish pricing like your your b2c thing is three bucks a month but build annually and but even and even the business thing is five bucks a month build annually and to me 
starting a business in in like of that kind with those prices would scare me a bit because I would assume like churn is going to be crazy high on this kind of thing. People are going to sign up and be really price sensitive. Do you find yourself fighting churn in a big way? Is that your like big nemesis or actually you figured out some things around this or you don't think about it or how does this strike you? I mean, honestly, like when I started out, it was a side project and I actually set the prices uh, and then everybody copied us prices of us. So that's kind of like a, a messed up, uh, messed up thing. So, so all the to-do apps have like a very similar pricing right now, uh, which is, <laughs> which is because you good. pick something uh, in college uh, that exactly. a college student would pay for. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, like three bucks a month. That sounds pretty good. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's kind of like our pricing strategy, and uh, we have actually <laughs> raised prices, uh, but it, it's definitely not something I, I could recommend. And yeah, like churn is is a, is a huge problem in in this market. The thing is also like once you reach the scale in this space, you have like a shit ton of of traffic and like people trying it out and like people coming back and like I would not recommend this pricing strategy or like this market uh, <laughs> right now but uh, yeah uh, yeah that's funny I was listening to your indie hackers interview and I appreciate it just you're just kind of like I didn't know what I was doing and I just kind of picked a thing and now that's what it is uh, I don't know it wasn't a, a smart strategic choice I feel like a lot of people would kind of look backwards and like try to justify well I thought like this and this and that and like here's how I make this sound smart in retrospect and you're just kind of like nah I don't know it was probably a bad idea the thing that is beautiful right now is like there's so much knowledge that is being shared by a lot of people. So, yeah, I mean, in, even you guys like drop a lot of like knowledge and, and just like sharing stuff and like sharing stories and like the struggles, you know, when I started out, like I didn't really have access to that uh, that much. That That's a cool thing. Cool. Yeah. I don't know if we're dropping knowledge or dropping something. <laughs> 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 and someday i'll look back and go oh yeah I, I, that was a smart choice because of these reasons and mm-hmm. the story will form itself as i go <laughs> exactly yeah. cool uh anything else you uh gentlemen want to cover we're getting pretty close to time i think like this remote first thing is really cool so i could really recommend going that uh, route if you haven't and and i'm actually uh, like with your app are you actually like thinking about doing something asynchronously or or not or do you just want to make it synchronous uh, uh that's a good question i've been considering some async stuff actually possibly even like an audio message you could send asynchronously so one of our use cases that comes up is like people uh want to make sure the other person is ready to actually pair like to actually start a call uh, and so it's like well if we gave them like a little um audiogram capability they could just be like i could send you a quick thing it's like hey are you ready and you could just respond yes or no kind of thing but then that might also like make it a more generally useful tool so i've kind of had this feature in my head and i kind of don't it's kind of been rattling around in a promising way so i could see us possibly embracing slightly more async stuff that sounds great i mean i think in general like um i'm actually unsure how much our engineering does like peer programming so maybe there's also like some education aspects of this because like I don't really think like engineers do this that much as we think. That's at least my observation. So we're focused on pair programming right now, and I think we'll probably stay focused on that for a while. Uh, but there's some sort of interesting, really high-level strategic company kind of questions. Like if, if if we have an app that runs on your desktop and all of your engineer coworkers are in it and one click away, 
what do you want to use that app for? And what opportunities are there? And I think there's kind of a lot of them. And so I would be kind of surprised if we never moved, like if we never took on more. Uh, so we'll see. I want to make sure we've nailed our core thing. And like right now, this has been a really great like positioning for us and kind of a wedge into people's minds. Like, oh, like it's a pairing app. I get it. I understand what that's for and, and why I might want it. Uh, but over time, I could see us potentially widening that. I have a quick question for you, Amir. Yeah, I do see you talk a lot about kind of the the remote the remote first approach to building companies. It's an interesting trend that I think the the one area that I see the biggest like issue with regard to remote work is the loneliness factor and like, you know, people who maybe, you know, get more isolated because they're not coming into an office, you know, seeing their coworkers all the time. I'm curious, have you guys figured out any ways to kind of remediate that as you build out your remote team? Alcohol, lots of alcohol. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> There's different stuff that we do. And I think the, the probably best one is kind of the co-working perk that we have uh, and just like finding a cool co-working space. The thing is like WeWork is actually not, I think, the best one or like a WeWork-like space. But there's like some smaller ones. We actually have a community. So for instance, like uh, in my co-working space that I use, it's basically having like co-workers. I just don't work in the same company as them, but like we do lunches. Uh, you know, I play squash with them and we go like to the gym and like, it's just like a small community uh, that you're part of. Uh, and that helps a lot for like the mental state. And just like also like joking with people, like talking with them about, about random stuff. Uh, I think that helps a ton. Yeah. So like working from home, I would definitely not recommend that like for your mental health. Uh, yeah. Well, I think we should wrap it. Let's wrap it. Thanks for, thanks for being on Amir. Appreciate it. Well, it was fun. I would definitely also listen to the podcast as, uh, as this goes on. Yeah. Cool. Nice. All right. There we go. We've got a new listener. That's our, that's our listener acquisition strategy. We just got to have that's them on the right. show. That's and right. Then <laughs> we can earn. We read, uh, do things that don't scale. And we're like, all right, we'll get one new listener at a time by interviewing them on, for 40 minutes on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like there's so many podcasts right now. It's kind of like, uh, it's getting a very crowded, uh, space as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we have to crush the other ones. <laughs> we're coming after you out of beta bootstrapped web all you guys it's a zero to the rest game. of us it's, we're coming <laughs> yeah. just suck all the listeners out of the ecosystem <laughs> and put up a paywall all right um show notes mr derek show notes can be found at artofproductpodcast.com thank you for listening see you next time bye